1: From the people who turned a niche Scottish football podcast into a critically acclaimed TV show on the BBC... It's review from the terrace, a pop culture podcast network. Hello and welcome to the Still Game podcast. My name is Bethany Tennick. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Scottish Rewatchable. Hello and welcome to Review from the Turnbuckle, debating the best in movies, iconic TV shows, classic albums, peak era wrestling, and so much more. Some
3: intern got fired
1: for that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> be like Jared. And what would you have done? <laughs> Loved it. What a moment. What a moment. <laughs> review from. The Terrace brings together a collection of professionals, pals, misfits and special guest interviews The One
3: and only Ewan Angus
1: G Telfer, Director of Slow Games Michael Hines That's Review From The Terrace, a newly created podcast network with at least two shows dropping every week Hi, Good to see you man, good to see you man Been a long time man Many people will say it's the biggest moment in the history of wrestling It's about <laughs> 35 <laughs> <laughs> Find us on Acast or wherever you get your podcasts Hello and welcome to Thursday's episode of the Terrace Scottish Football Podcast. I am Craig Fowler and on this occasion I am joined by Craig G. Telfer. Hello there Craig. And Sean McGuigan. Hello there Craigs. And we're not going to talk about the lower leagues this week, but we might actually actually at the end if we have to cram in a little bit uh, of extra time to make up to 45 minutes because we're going to talk about Scotland. But the reason I'm saying that we might talk a little bit at the end is because I'm not entirely sure we could fit in 45 minutes because we're going to talk about the Scotland game from last night. That was Scotland's 2-0 defeat in Denmark. Then we're going to talk about Faroe Islands 2, Scotland 2 from all the way back in 2002, I think it was. All yes. oh, the twos. <laughs> and, and the zeros. We're probably going to talk about that. We might even talk about that more than we talk about the game from last night because I'll kick things off by just saying... I don't really know what to feel about this game because it's not its not really something I'm completely surprised by. I think, in fact, I think you asked me before the game, what's going to happen? I would have said, Scotland are going to lose. They're going to lose comfortably, <laughs> but they're not going to get completely annihilated. It'll be quite disappointing, a bit drab. Nothing much will happen for a Scotland perspective, but we'll definitely be outclassed by Denmark and we'll basically be where we are like 24 hours later. And... To me, that's exactly where we are at the moment. Sean, you are a big, passionate Tartan Army foot soldier. What's your I, thoughts?
3: I I thought that the first half was mortifying. Yeah, genuinely. So I that, that like the, there's times I watch Scotland. And I'm like, well, well, that's disappointing. Or, or there's, there's times I watch Scotland and I'm like, well, I'm quite gutted at that result. But every now and again, a performance comes along and I'm like, what on earth, What on earth are they? Are the, uh, the opposition fans thinking about us? Do you and think, it, do you think that, me, was, that was that, that that was what I felt last night?
2: What, I mean, I, I thought that that was the the worst forty five minutes
3: we've seen under Steve Clark. Worst forty five minutes I've seen in a long time. Do you think it was as bad as that? So I, I think I've seen every game under Steve Clark, with the exception of when we lost four 0 in Russia. So I didn't see that game from the previous campaign. So, but from what I've seen, I thought that was as bad as anything we've produced. Uh, under them and like like you know as a Scotland fan that when you take on the number one seed in the group that you're probably not going to have a happy time of it so I think the last time we beat a number one seed would have been Croatia in 2013 maybe beating Hamden 2-0 when Croatia set fire to Hamden and then we, we got a draw against England when we drew 2-2 with them and then, uh, the two free kicks for Lee Griffiths so you know you know that there is a uh, a, a discrepancy in quality when it comes to being the number three seed, which we generally are, sometimes worse, and the number one seed. However, to 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 also shoot yourself in the foot because not only was there a a, a difference in quality between Denmark and ourselves, we set up in such a way that 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 made us worse, and it, it it didn't make a lick of sense. And and I like you, you presume it's like right. Well, we've set up in such a way. I don't think this is a good idea. However, Steve Clark knows more about football than I do, so you know something. Maybe it will work. And we were fucking hopeless. Mm-hmm. Like, like nothing about last night worked in that first half, and that's that's what made it so frustrating. And there, there is no, there was no positives you can take from last night whatsoever. And I, I know you can maybe try and hang your hat on the fact that we improved in the second half, and, and we did. We, we we did get better. However, by the same token. Denmark knew that the game was done. They could conserve their energy for the next two games that are coming up, and so just kind of held us at, at arm's length. Yeah. So you can't even really take you can't really take much positives from the, the second half performance either. And I don't really, I don't really agree with the theory that this was a this was a free hit because there's only ten games in this group, so no games are, are, are really a, a, a free hit. Well what I do think though is we We probably also gave away
1: a free hit when we drew with Israel.
3: Aye, and, and that's just it. We we probably so you, you fail to beat Austria at home, you drop points to Israel. Uh so you probably have to make up those points somewhere. So whether it's Denmark away or Denmark at home or Austria away, you have to you you probably have to make up those points somewhere. And of those three games, one is now already away. And the the Austria game next week becomes massive I haven't I haven't incidentally I haven't given up all hope like uh Israel and Austria still have to play each other twice like if they if they take points points off of, off of each other in those two games and then they, uh, the last means they might even get away with a, a point in Austria but I did, did I think we'll take a point off of Austria based on what I saw last night I'm uh, no really no
1: and uh, just to add to your point, uh, just give us some hope. Uh, Israel did defeat Austria, and I think it was the last qualification campaign uh, for the Euros. They beat them three one, I think, in Israel.
3: I mean, from what I've from from what I saw of Austria and uh, Hamden, I thought they were incrementally better than us. But we are are already aware that that, that Israel are stuffy, and I, I wouldn't necessarily expect uh, Austria to go to, to Israel and win. If they do go there and win, then then that puts even more emphasis on on Tuesday night's result (laughs) I suppose before that we also have the Moldova game I I would expect us to to beat them quite comfortably but Tuesday night's game becomes even more important because of because of how we how we did last night thank fuck
2: (laughs) you talk Sean
1: (laughs) so you, you mentioned the team um I think we all, so yeah, so we should probably preface it by saying that there was there was a lot of players, there was call-offs already, there was, there was three players mm-hmm. that dropped out through injury, there was a couple missing that, that would have been in our full-strength squad who weren't able to be included in the first place. And then we had the COVID call-offs as well, so we were missing quite a lot of players. I think we went over with, what was it, 16 outfield players and three yeah. goalkeepers. So it, his hands were tied a little bit, but I think everybody assumed that the right wing-back position was going to go to Ryan Fraser um, because he's right footed <laughs> and he's somebody with a, a fair degree of pace. He can get up and down the park. I would mean, I mean, maybe a little bit concerned about his defensive abilities, but he's somebody that at least puts a shift in uh, and certainly does uh, in a Scotland jersey. But it was just, then he, then he comes out with the team and it's Andy Robertson on the right, which I didn't have the, the hugest problem with the kind of, It's just that all of it for me didn't really work out together. So I didn't really have a big problem with the the centre backs being who they were because they were just all big lumps. And it was like, okay, we're going to defend our box. And and that's basically, we're going to sit really deep, defend our box. But then we didn't even sit that deep to do that. And Clark talked about the midfield afterwards. He talked about the midfield being too disconnected and not being able to help out the defence, like almost as if they were too high or the defence was too far back. And then he was like, in the second half, we got more kind of, we looked a bit better on the ball. We, We took. We took more chances in tight spaces, uh, we're a bit more confident. And I was like, if that was your kind of game plan for the team to be more confident in the ball, why would you pick those three defenders? Why would you, with Tierney and Robertson both fit, why would you not have Tierney on the left side of the back three and start Jack Henry, for instance, on the right, Uh, somebody who is a bit more confident in the ball? And then if this is your tactic as well, what was the front two about? Like, what was they were just kind of seem like two guys who are maybe our kind of quickest attackers to try and just feast off at anything we can do for them? The whole thing. Each each kind of bit made a wee bit of sense to me. Even Robertson, a right wing back, you just want to get the you want to get the experienced guys in the park. You maybe don't trust Fraser defensively. Or you're playing away for home to, as you said, strong. Uh, Sean, the strongest team in the league. All of it. If you take it bit by bit, each bit makes sense. But putting the whole sum of it together, none of it makes sense.
2: What what, what was the sense then of playing Andy Robertson wide right? Surely that whole system, the whole system of playing the of Scotland. Predominantly, I can remember playing a back four. The whole move to the back three was to allow Kieran Tierney and Andy Robertson to to accommodate the pair of them in the same team. Surely, if you are without Nathan Patterson and you are without Stevie O'Donnell, then would it not make sense, more sense, to go to a back four and maybe play Kieran Tierney out as a sort of like I know he's not his, his best position, but play him as a as a right back because he's good enough to do it. Why on earth? I reckon that must be the first time Andy Robertson's ever played wide and his puff I just you're right fella you summed it up for me that that none of the constituent parts made sense the rationale you could understand when it's explained away the rationale makes sense but when you see it put together none of it did and it just amounted to like balls just like bypassing the midfield you've got you didn't even use like guys like Carl McGregor Billy Gilmore in the first half barely got a touch of the ball and when they they did they were overwhelmed by, by Denmark and it was just channel balls for like Ryan Fraser and She Adams to Toronto. It was it was really really poor. I, I, I think that's the worst forty five minutes we've seen under Steve Clark. And then you get the the stuff that where oh yeah he, he realizes he's made a mistake, takes off Scott McKenna who wasn't having a good game, and then brings on Lyndon Dykes. And surely if you wanted to play long balls in the first place, you should have brought Lyndon. You should have had Lyndon Dykes on from the start. So. Well, it seems to be a bit of a trend that we, that we do see that from from Steve Clark, where he, he'll start the game, perhaps have the of a formation or personnel that isn't right, change things about half time. But by that point, you're chasing the game. It happened against um, Czech Republic. Yep. It happened against Croatia. Israel away. Israel away. I mean, it, it's sometimes it's like yes, you can understand it because you know you you always you put your best foot forward. But when it's happening again and again and again, you maybe might have to ask questions as to, to what's going on there. A I'll get, I'll get, I'll get,
1: six... Sean, Sean, get your point on that in a second. I just want to expand on something you said there, Telford. When you talked about, like, why not go to a four to the back, that's kind, of, that's kind of my thinking as well, because I thought the whole point in us playing the system, you know, we've got, so there's two points, two reasons for it. One of them is, as you said, it's to get Tierney and Robertson in the same team together. Another reason as well is that we're kind of noted well, we were certainly noted when Clark first took cover for having no centre-backs that were playing at any decent level. Mm. So it's kind of hard to play just two of them and, and get you know two guys there who are just going to protect the defence. So he comes up with a three, where he sometimes has Tierney as the left-sided centre-back, or usually has Tierney's left-sided centre-back, and most of the time has Scott McTomin- McTominay as the right one. So it doesn't make you a very good defensive team, but it makes you a better team overall. It makes it easier for you to hold on to the ball and stuff. So there was no McTominay. Like, Tierney could have easily gone to the right, and if he's if this is what he's doing, and this is why he brought in the three in the first place, I think we do actually have centre backs now that are playing at a decent level. Liam Cooper is now a Premier League player. So is Grant Hanley. Is that not is that not just about the same standard that Northern Ireland's team was built on of Gareth McCauley and Johnny Evans? It's, a, it's about there. It's not much different. Like why not? And he Steve Clark got this job in the first place from playing four four two or four four one one every week with Kille. Like why not? Maybe give that a spin. Like, did we have to only play 3 4 3 or 3 5 2 or whatever the hell it is? Anyway, Sean, so what do you think about I What do you think about Telford's point about Clark? Uh, this kind of worrying trend that he seems to continually get his team wrong for the start and have to change it.
3: Uh, I, I agree. And, and I agree with everything that you've said about the the, the three five two. If the, the 3 5 two has only worked, if we have had. Uh, central defenders who can play out for the back. So whether that's McTominay or Tierney or both. And it was absolutely, it was a system that was only come up with, that was only devised so that we could get Robertson on the left and Tierney uh, into the team as well, and into some kind of semblance of shape or form that, that that works for us. So if you're going to persist with that, then why would you remove Tierney from the, the, the three central positions and then put Robertson to the right? Because you're, you're essentially taking two of your better players, not just your better defenders, two of your better players, and put them into to positions that they probably don't want to be in. So you'd be as well just doing away with a 3 immediately. 2 immediately. I, and, thought,
1: I thought it only made sense because I thought, and the same goes with the centre-backs, I thought they were just going to sit so deep and he was basically putting in the, the better defenders, the more experienced defenders, and they weren't going to go forward that much. But you saw pretty early on, they were attacking, they were going forward. That was kind of part of the reason why we got cut open so easily. So, none, yeah, again, if none you of it want, made if sense. You
3: want, so, so, bear in mind, in, in terms of if, if you want to trouble Denmark, so bear in mind who's sitting in front of, and incidentally, any system that involves Scott McKenna is a wrong system. Uh, I, I, had a, <laughs> I had a look at his stats. So, bear in, mind, we, bear in mind, we barely touched the ball in the first half. He made uh, one tackle, he made no interceptions. He had no blocked shots, and uh, there was something else he didn't. Something else it was a, a big fat zero for that that, that made me burst out laughing. Scott McKenna is good enough to play for Scotland. I, I've never been a very big Scott McKenna fan, and I hope he never plays for us again. I, I do not think he's good enough. But regardless, uh, if you look at what was so, so in terms of defensive setup, fine. So, so he's went with that two wing backs who we wouldn't have went with, and three lumps, three big kind of. Dough balls at centre-half. Fine, we'll, we'll defend the penalty area. But in terms of troubling Denmark, you need your wing-backs to get forward because that's going to provide you with a width. But Robertson, with the greatest one in the world, Robertson sometimes, well, often, doesn't give for Scotland what he gives for Liverpool. And that's playing in his natural position. I didn't expect him to provide more for us on the right, and he didn't. Uh, Tierney didn't get forward. And then in front of that, like I, I sometimes think... McLean and McGregor kind of fall between two stools. So I, I don't find them, certainly for Scotland, I don't find them creative. I don't find them destroyers. And I, I think because we had eventually became a back five and we never had the ball, then they just had to sit in front of our back five and not really know where they should be or what they should be doing. And as a consequence, the forward two, which was Fraser and, and Che Adams, were trying to thrive on scraps, and it was never going to happen because what is Ryan Fraser about? Five foot four, mm-hmm. and we're punting the ball to his head. It was, it was an absolute shit show of a first half,
2: and especially then, Sean. Just to tie your point there, the the second Denmark goal. Bear in mind, this is ninety seconds after we've taken centre. The, the, I think the sky showed at one point we had seven players inside or just around the penalty box. Denmark had three. And they cut us open so badly. It was it was one of those goals that you're just watching. I mean, phenomenal play from uh, f- from Denmark. I can't remember who it was, but the guy who flicked the pass into um, into uh, Mali f- to, to finish. Beautiful, beautiful setup. But the fact is, it's like you've got four extra players there, and, and they're allowed to, to 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 do that to you. I, f- I find that mortifying. There's was a guard that flicked it. The- yeah, that's, that sounds right Yes I um, Billy Gilmore to receive Michael Damsgard's pass Yeah
3: and finish through The legs of Craig Gordon Yeah that's Is right. it, it Damsgard that looks like I, I couldn't make up my mind If he looks like A balding child Well, well aye he, looks, he either looks like A very old young person Or a very young old person And I couldn't really <laughs> like, I didn't know how old he was So <laughs> And I didn't Google it So I, like, I don't know Which one he is he's pretty, He probably looks like A very old young person I think, I think he's fairly young He looks like Tom Hanks in the movie Big but if Big was real
2: Okay, um, positive. Billy Gilmore. Billy Gilmore's phenomenal, man. There's, I don't think there's any, anything else to be said. We as you said, Fowler, right at the start, we didn't learn anything for this game. It sort of reinforced things that, that we already know. Billy Gilmore's so good, just the, the way he wants the ball, his body shape, his ability to take the ball in tight spaces, relieve pressure. Didn't see much of it in the, the first half, so. When we probably really needed him to do all those sort of things, but he did it well in the second half. However, as Sean made the point right at the start, that second half though, that was a Denmark team was like, well, we've got another couple of games coming up. Let's take our foot off the accelerator a wee bit. Let's have Scotland have the ball and our energy. So, aye, he looked good, but it was against a team who, you know, weren't really weren't really going for it at that point. So, aye, you can be a positive at Billy Gilmore, but it's like a it's like a positive, um, it's like. Your car's been broken into. They've left the stereo, but they've taken the sunglasses out of the
3: glove compartment.
1: <laughs> Sean, was there any other positives for you?
3: Was there any positives for myself? Uh, I, I I'm struggling here. Like like who like who, I thought Grant Hanley played. He was uh, alright. Like, I thought it was okay. Certainly our best centre half. I hope. I, I, what could be another positive? Another positive could be that Steve Clark watched the game and thought, "I'll never do this ever again. I'll never play. I'll never play Andy Robertson on the right. I'll mm-hmm. never play Scott McKenna." And and that, I suppose, I suppose those things are, are positives when you think about it.
1: <laughs> never, uh, I'd, I'd like to believe the second half of that being a, being something that will actually happen. I think Scott McKenna will play again.
3: I, I'm i starting to, without, without going back to check, we're pulling now in a situation where 3-5-2 has given us more poor results than positive ones. Yes. Mm-hmm. And there's not a positive uh, because I think this might be here to stay, but I would, I would like them to at least change formation, depending on who we're playing, uh, rather than shoehorning Personnel in who are ill fitted to the system that he wants to play. Whether that is going to change in the future, I I I don't know, but I I'd like to think that he would at least consider it based on last night's performance.
2: See, see how he's saying, going back a couple of months, go back to the Euros against the the game against the Czech Republic at the start. Remember when Kieran Tierney? We found out the morning of the game that Kieran Tierney was going to be missing. Everyone's like, "Fuck!" But then you still go with the three five two formation all the same, and just. I can't remember who it was that that filled in for Tierney, but the formation just didn't didn't really look as good without him being there. And the whole point was that you get the underlapping runs down down, down the the right, down down the right, down the left. And that makes it look so good. It, It just feels like, aye, this, the formation, you can't just stick the players into formation. Like, this is what we play. This is, it doesn't matter. It's not like FIFA. You know, you just don't pick all your players with the highest rating that are available. It's about like you should have more than one strategy, and it feels like that we that we don't really we that we don't really.
1: Yeah, uh, I think I kind of get the feeling he's now kind of too far into the woods to see the trees for this formation. Like he's he, he's worked at it for so long now. We've, we've basically used nothing else uh, for I don't know what eighteen months or something. That I wonder whether he's just kind of just focused on tinkering with it and trying to make it perfect and trying to iron out these little kind of creases with it whereas you should maybe take a step back and think is this right after all? Could I maybe just never start with- We never
3: win any games. How 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 thick are these woods that you can't <laughs> recognise that you never win any games <laughs> with a system? We never beat anybody Ever. I said that? So we've gone 10
2: games now without. I suppose if you if you include that drawn that with Serbia, I think I read that start. If you include drawn with Serbia that, that to get us qualif- qualifying for the Euro, we've won one game in ten, and that was against the Faroe Islands.
1: Brilliant. Yeah, one competitive game, yeah.
2: One competitive match. So so then
1: you you also beat Luxembourg be. in a friendly.
2: <laughs> I think and, I, it just and, feels and, like the whole stuff about like him giving him being given a contract. Like, the response to it, I mean, only going by in social media, the response to it was quite lukewarm. The fact that you've extended his contract by a couple of years when, let's be honest, we're all hugely excited about getting to the Euros and that was a great buzz and that was a really good laugh. But let's hold your horses a wee bit, you know, hold your horses. Let's see we get in this qualifying campaign and let's see what else you have to offer us because at the moment it's a formation that, isn't working and isn't really getting the best out of the. Certainly, last night wasn't getting the,
3: the best out of the players that were there. So I I don't know I don't know how many games uh, Clark has been in charge for now. But off the top of my head, I think we've had three good performances: so Serbia away, uh, England in the Euros, and the only other one I can think of is the friendly against Holland. Who would you two two? And and let's face it, it, it was a friendly against. It was a friendly, so so who gives a fuck? So you, you're kind of, you are kind of struggling to find good performances. Yes, with a with a decent result, those those wins against those penalty victories uh, were uh, were something to enjoy. But in terms of performances, there hasn't been much. There hasn't been much, and and Still only been in
1: Israel in four attempts under Steve Clark. I, it's, I know. And an little f- red flags everywhere. And the thing is, like Israel, Israel lose to everybody.
3: Like Israel, aren't very good, but but they seem to do okay against us. But so maybe what, it's almost like he needs to change his system. Well, well, just change his system.
1: <laughs> what would you go for? I was kind of thinking there while you were talking. I wondered whether I think we maybe need. I don't know if we maybe need. This is a problem as well. We have so many centre midfielders, and all. And I think that's why he also really likes the. The kind of three five two system is that you can stick one of these centre midfielders in the centre defense. Um uh, you can stick, you know, three of them in the middle of the park, and it doesn't cause as many problems. We probably do lack a little bit on the wings. Uh, we certainly lack a bit up front, uh, you know, behind Adams, uh, Dykes is a good guy to aim for while a long ball and that's about it. So I wonder I wonder whether that's kind of holding them back as well. But I did I was kind of thinking there. What about a kind of ranger style? Like, you know when rangers like play away to like portal. Or Benfica in Europe, and they look like they're, they're not as good as them, but they look as good as them because of that system. And I wonder whether kind of if, when, if Ryan Jack ever ever comes back for injury, uh, Ryan Jack, Billy Gilmore to just kind of keep possession and to help us get a our, our, our foothold in these kind of games with maybe them and maybe somebody like McGinn uh, kind of as a more kind of advanced one, or maybe even McGregor as well. So you've got three guys who could all keep the ball, and then have a front three of what would you have a front three of Adams. Christie, I suppose, and either Fraser or Forrest. Forrest. I, I think we
3: desperately miss Jack. I, I think he was I think he was a massive miss in the, the Euros. I thought it was a massive miss last night. And I know I, I, well, I know he's no kind of spring chicken, but I I, I don't know when he's I was thinking about this last night. When is he back? Because I I, I feel we desperately need him.
1: Dude, the last update he was supposed to be back like now, but there's not been an no update since that was in early August. So he's, he's definitely not says <laughs> He might be going to add One more player It's not going to be There's not going to be Like a, like a wrestling ah, That's Ryan Jack's music <laughs> <laughs> all, the, all these Austrians Shut themselves Because the defensive Midfielders Back for injury.
3: We didn't add Any players anyway We just, we just <laughs> go With this 15 or 16 Outfield players just, We'll I'll just leave it at that Can we call anybody else up
1: Yes Will we No we'll just leave it <laughs> Can we not get them back For the next two games uh, some of them. Right, we we'll get we we'll get we'll get McGinn's back. back, brilliant. We <laughs> back. It's back. It's passing back as well. You'll see back. Anything probably...
2: that stops us from calling up St. Johnson players—that was the first mistake. You give St. Johnson an inch, they take a mile. It's, and so I was quite happy to see Ali McCann and uh, Jason Kerr leave for buttons because they were getting a wee bit too big for their boots. A cup <laughs> double—that's one thing. Xander Clark being called up to the squad—that's something else entirely. No, no, no. They need to be reminded of their, their place in society. And, and so it's <laughs> good. It's good that those two players
3: have left. Uh, yeah, I, I do. I, want, would, uh, sorry. I would. I would call Care and I would call Care up immediately. Now they. Now they's <laughs> a decent team. Now, now <laughs> <laughs> now, is it somebody
1: decent? Yes. Time we call it for uh, okay. I agree wholeheartedly with you. <laughs> I do wonder whether St Johnson fans do they think it's a complete disgrace that Jason Kerr, uh, a League One player, is not being called up to the Scotland squad. Do you know what I do? you know what I do? I wouldn't
3: necessarily call anybody else up. I'd, I'd just expel Scott McKenna. <laughs> I'd rather go with one player fewer than have to rely on that. There was two instances last night. There was a point where he, I don't know who was running at him. But he was—he was sold a dummy, and he went one way, and and the player went the other, and he was backtracking, and his legs, his, his legs totally got tangled up in each other, uh, and then there was a point where he, a lad, I don't know if he was asked to do it, but he inexplicably found himself in possession, and remember like the kind of centre circle, and he he started to stride forward. I was like, well, that's fine, cool, uh, like let's like break the lines here and and you stride forward. And he maybe took the ball about thirty yards, and he touched it three times. And on every occasion, the ball went about five yards away from him. And if anybody, if anybody had put him under any pressure whatsoever, he, he just would have given the ball away. At no point was he in possession of the football. And don't get me wrong; it might be that he has played fantastically for not for us this season, but he is is so far out out of his depth for Scotland, more so than I think anybody else.
2: Here's an idea, Sean. Why don't the next time the team bus—imagine the team bus is leaving Denmark—and they hear a thudding noise, a bump, or Steve Clark says, "I can hear a thudding noise coming outside the bus." Scott, would you mind going out and checking for us? Scott McKenna goes out to check the noise, and the bus just drives away.
3: He's just stranded in Denmark forever. Yeah, because I, make- I think he would. I think he would struggle to make his own way home.
2: Like, I saw like a 10-part HBO show about like uh, help Scott McKenna get home. Just a really uh, big dunder. He's just struggling in the continent. <laughs> I don't
1: know. Ten years time as a documentary team goes over finding Scott McKenna. He's got a big beard. <laughs> just, a, just a woodsman now.
2: Well, as long as he's not playing for Scotland, that's the most important.
3: Like uh, It's like searching for Sugarman. It's like, where, did, where does Scott McKenna ever go? He was big in South Africa once. <laughs> they not think he's dead. You know those like stories
2: about like Eritrean athletes like they play for the Eritrean football team and they go over somewhere and they just don't come back? <laughs> That's be like Scott McKenna. Fingers crossed
1: <laughs> right, is there is there anything to say about Saturday's game other than we just want <laughs> we want a really convincing performance Maybe a, a formation change a wee, a wee experiment A formation change A convincing performance A convincing win Something to give us hope Going into Tuesday I know I already think, saying that That none of that's going to happen
2: I don't think we're going to get that Fowler I think we'll probably win 2-0 And yep. it'll be Like Comfortable But un, Unexciting I think it'll be the, a, a, a sort of Job done they won't, they won't, There won't be much tempo to. It. I think Scotland might play Within themselves uh, but they'll still they'll still win. I mean, I'll be honest and say I know nothing about Moldova other than they're a tiny nation that that we should be, that that we should, in inverted commas, be, be beating. But that's all I can see. I mean, as, as Sean says, that like, you, you can't really learn much. You learn much from playing against better sides. You know, like drawing 2-2 with the Netherlands. That's a good performance. That gets you excited for the for the Euros. Like beating Moldova, say you beat Moldova, like 3-0, 4-0, what are you learning from that? Nothing really. I
3: think. That uh, like I, think that, I, I think we will scud them because I think Moldova might be arguably the worst team in Europe. Uh, I, I think they're worse than the Faroes.
2: Worse than San Marino? What are you
3: smoking? I. I, I, I think that. I think they're down there. Mean on the in, isn't it? <laughs> But I think. Uh, bear in mind that. Uh, t- I know that it often changes, but certainly in terms of the. It's not the head-to-head record that dictates where you finish uh, and in uh, this qualifying campaign. It's actually a it's, it's goal difference. So we, we we probably need to scud Moldova by a good few goals just in case we end up. I mean, I, I think we'll end up fourth anyway. But just in case we end up joint second, we could probably do a racking up a few goals because it's, it's goal difference that decides things uh, this time around.
1: I don't think. Well, I don't know. I can't remember what other Israel. Sorry, Austria's results were, but they did they did get pumped by Denmark now So, so I see looking at it, so Austria if Austria and Israel
3: drop points to each other, we're not out of it like at all. Uh, they play they play Israel on Saturday, which is which feels like a really big game. I, I'm fairly certain it's in Israel. I of course have sat down and and jotted down everybody's fixtures. Uh, Scotland, Israel and Austria. I think, best case scenario, if Israel and Austria draw together twice, then we could end up on 19 points, Israel on 15 and Austria on 16. So that is, uh, that, that's you what I'm putting my hold And that includes, <laughs> that includes a draw in Austria, incidentally. That includes a draw in Austria for us uh, on on Tuesday evening. But but yes, results still have to go our way. I have not given up hope. As, as inept
1: as we were, I am not giving up hope. I, I hadn't given up hope. I kind of have given up hope once you've mapped it out. We have, to, we have to draw an Austria and Austria have to draw a Israel twice. Austria aren't very good.
3: Like Austria, uh, Austria looked incrementally better than us at Hamden. I think they'll beat Israel. And I think they'll beat they're, Israel at home. Their they're, they're, they're gigantic striker that, that scored against his at Hamden, I'm, I'm sure he's like half dead. So, so he's ruled out for the rest of the campaign. I... Tuesday's, honestly, Tuesdays Tuesday is massive. Uh, as long as we don't get beat, I think we have an easier run-in than Austria and Israel, and we we might just finish second and then get absolutely pumped in the playoffs by somebody.
2: Well that sounds, that sounds not too dissimilar to a European qualifying campaign for the two thousand and four Euros, Sean. There you go. There you go.
1: Uh no, my, my, a segue for you there, Fowler. Oh uh, that's a good it's a very good segue. I had another one. And that Bertie Vokes's final game for Scotland was a draw with Moldova.
3: Yes, yes, it was.
1: So uh, Steve uh, Clark dreadful. draws on Saturday. <laughs> right, but anyway, yes, uh, we've I've ruined that now by just introducing two, two segues. Um, but <laughs> yes, John,
2: what- so you got a segue fact? Do you want? Do you want to bring a segue? So we've all got a segue to come into this section. Uh,
3: we once played Moldova. We're playing them again. But here's a section about Bertie Vokes. That's terrible. That's like Fowler's, but a thousand times worse. Well, I,
1: well, I, I don't have anything prepared. <laughs> Let's go back to the 7th of September, 2002. Faroe Islands 2, Scotland 2. This, of course, is the next on our list of the 50 most memorable games in Scotland's history. Now, number one in the UK chart were, was Starry-Eyed Surprise by Oakenfold. Oh, I yeah, remember that.
3: Oh, yeah. how does that go? How in... Oh, ah, stavi ad surprise. Did it? Did it? Did it? Oh, that's <laughs> that <sounds> fucking <laughs> and I, I can't remember the lyrics. I can barely remember the tune. Oh, oh
1: my, surprise. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and number one at the UK box office was Insomnia, which I have to say, good movie. Oh, is that Chris Nolan? Yes. Never seen
3: I it. that is... Uh, Read a plot on Wikipedia, though. I, I, have you never seen that film, Telfer? No, I know it's Al Pacino's uh, out of his wits. It's uh, it's very good. Al Pacino is out of his wits because of insomnia. Yeah,
1: yeah and uh, Robert Williams is a very creepy guy.
2: Ah, but what's he like in the movie? <laughs> no, he shouldn't speak out of the dead.
3: Sorry, he's uh, nah, he's, he's deceased. He is he's great in Aladdin. Ouch. And insomnia. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and 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 one hour photo. He's okay in that. Dragon us back. I, I didn't necessarily f- like the movie, but it was it was good in it.
1: Dragging us back to football, right? Sure. got fire. She, play, she plays <laughs> Mrs.
2: Doubtfire plays football in a montage to dude looks like a lady and scores all these goals. Mrs. Doubtfire is played by Robin Williams. So bringing it back to insomnia and, and Patch Adams. Yeah, Patch Adams. Thought, imagine, imagine being treated by Patch Adams. You'd be like, "No, get me to Switzerland." <laughs> <laughs>
3: Just give it to the palliative care ward I don't want you <laughs> in my patch. I don't want you in my patch, Adams. Fuck us.
1: <laughs> Just put me down right. <laughs> Anyway. Sean, I have a question for you. Yes. So this was a this was a draw with the Fair Islands, which was, yes, it was seen as a, a complete humiliation. Alan Hansen said after the game it was the worst performance in Scotland's history. However, Three years earlier than this, we'd drawn with the Faroe Islands. So why uh, why is this game number 20? <laughs> I think it's 22 or 21 in our top 50 list. And the other one, n- barely anybody even remembers.
3: So I suppose, I suppose the 1-0 draw, we weren't 2-0 down. Uh, I, I think the 1-0 draw, we created umpteen chances and didn't take them. The 1-0 draw, if I remember correctly, Matt Elliott slapped... A Faroese player, so down to 10 men. I think, when we conceded. <laughs> but I think, ultimately, the why the 2-2 draw is more memorable than the 1-0 draw is he were, we were utterly dominated by by the Pharaohs for the vast majority of the game. And I, I, I know I've already used the word mortifying, but I remember Betty vote saying that we would, uh, that the Pharaohs would just defend. All they'll do is defend for 90 minutes and we'll hope to expose any mistakes we make and honestly the falcons could have scored five see even when we even when we go back to 2-2 so i think i think about ferguson's equalizer was something like the 84th minute
2: uh-huh.
3: rob douglas still had two last ditch saves in the last kind of couple of minutes it was it was dreadful and i think the funny thing is of this of, of this game, the, the, the thing that sticks in my memory, it's actually had nothing to do with the, the first half or the second half or the defending or the rubbish goals that were scored. It was that it was on the BBC, I think on a Saturday afternoon, but I could be wrong about this, that it was Dougie Donnelly that was kind of hosting it back in the studio. And we were 2-0 down and it went back, to, <laughs> went back to the BBC studio. And Dougie Donnelly was, he was hunched. He was like hunched in his seat. He looked like a he looked like a schoolboy that had just been given a row, and he he, he was in a cream puff, and he would like he wasn't sitting. He was, he was just sitting in a, a massive huff, and he went in this massive rant about how inept. I think I believe he said this is the most inept Scotland performance of the most inept forty-five minutes from Scotland of of all time. And like, I'd been I'd been kind of simmering with rage for 45 minutes and then as soon as I seen only, and he's ran a burst out laughing so I kind of <laughs> needed it but it was, it was sensational it was sensational the fact that uh, we could be outclassed by a Faroese a, a team who admittedly weren't really gubbed by anybody in that group uh, but I, it was it, it was dreadful in that we scraped a draw against the Faroes
1: can I that? Yeah, to provide a bit of context as well. I mean, I, mean, I think fans expected a victory, obviously, but there wasn't a, a whole lot of, kind of good feeling around uh, the, the start of the Betty Volks era. He'd been in charge for, I think, six matches beforehand. Yes. Scotland had been beaten by France, Nigeria, South Korea, Denmark, and South Africa, all in friendlies. However, there was a, the one ray of light in that we had <laughs> <laughs> de- defeated a, a Hong Kong League 11. Oh, no. I, I, I watched that game And
3: that, that Hong Kong League 11 might, might be the worst Might be the worst Team I've ever seen And uh, I'm fairly certain Kevin Kyle Scored against them And I was really embarrassed At how How exuberant His celebration was Like as if it was Like a really Like a really vital Important Last minute Equaliser In a And in, in, I don't know a, a, a semi-final I was like Come on Kevin you, Maybe you're not as Maybe you're not as good As I expected you to be and uh, and he wasn't.
1: I, I
2: was I was I was reading up some of the stuff. Like, I, I, well, this match is, is mortifying, and to use that for the, like, the fourth time, this <laughs> this game. But I, I read that there's a pre-match, like the, the pre-match built it. Um, got, as you mentioned, Phil, like Bertie votes off to the best of starts. With Scotland, but he said votes declared. We just need one successful match, and then there will be an explosion. He said prior to this game, uh, and it certainly was an explosion. But perhaps not in the way that um, that he he expected. But I mean, I was looking up at this like for, for this game. My memory game. I didn't see this game because I was working at the time. I was working a Saturday job. And I remember getting the bus back up up the road, and I, I expect I me mean, like my first ever game watching Scotland was a five 0 win over the Faroes at Hampden, I think it was. John McGinley, so for some reason sticks out in my brain. So so being a young guy, I just assumed that, that we beat the Faroe Islands all the time, like it's they're just like absolutely absolute jobbers. And and to be fair, that 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 by and large they are. So when I heard two two being thoroughly thoroughly ashamed. Like, like that—that was my—that was my that was my long lasting memories of, of that. Just being on a bus coming back from Falkirk, feeling ashamed. And you should never be in a bus, feeling ashamed.
3: <laughs> this is what happens when you pick Kevin Kyle and uh, Scott Dobie as your strike force. I was reading about—I was reading about Scott Dobie, and he. I mean, bear in mind how poor his strike rate was, uh, not just at international level but in uh, club level as well. He had, a, he had a couple of good seasons, but he when he gave up football. He became a policeman, but then he went into the the, the armed response unit. Yep. So do you think there's anybody like? Imagine you were in a situation. Imagine you were being held hostage in a in a shopping centre, and the policeman that turned up was 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 Scott Dobie, and you are relying on him and his ace marksmanship to get you out of trouble. I mean, that, you're in real trouble there. Do you think it's easy to be a police marksman than it is to be an international striker? Uh, I I think the I think Scott Dobie would make both difficult.
1: Both I, I, look actually, difficult.
3: I don't know what
2: he looks like. So, if Scott Dobie came and, and tried to shoot a terrorist and accidentally shot me in the shoulder. I'd, I'd, would be miffed. I suppose I don't recognise what he looks like, and he says, I'm, "I'm Scott Dobie. Sorry about that." <laughs> That's it's okay. <laughs> <I'm worried. laughs> Sorry, but Fowler, one of the things I was looking through the team for this, this is a fairly mediocre uh, Scotland side, but one of the things like Paul who was a striker at Leicester at the time was played as a as a right winger. He had Stephen Craney. Stephen Craney, judging by the highlights of this game, Stephen Craney looked at like a really tough time of it. Morris Ross at one point was substituted. Morris Ross was playing at right back, was substituted for Graham Alexander, another right back. <laughs> so he's not really doing much to change things up there. I, I, I just, it just seemed like just just a big bag of shit this game there's no way the,
3: see the big turnaround in this game so we were I mean we were, we we're two and I'm down about the two
2: goals I mean to be fair like like uh, John Peterson's goals are really really well taken that second one especially is a lovely goal oh the uh, second
3: one ah, the second yes, one's brilliant he, he, he took them well however we in, in terms of how well they were defended it was it, it was yeah. borderline criminal couple of
1: nice Listen, crosses,
2: I don't think Scott Scott Dobie would, would have been able to finish that.
1: <laughs> Certainly uh, not. But, but, but you, me you talk about Dickoff being played the right mid, and you can actually see the highlights are weird. They're really put together because well, the ones I saw, I, I looked at ones on on YouTube. they were six minutes long. I the thought, German. I don't know what they. It was a foreign language anyway. Yeah. Uh,
3: German, and I'd imagine they're Faroese. No, they were definitely German. There was there was German words I picked up there. What oh, was it? Yeah. No, oh, well, maybe not it was. Really. Uh, 'Cause it said something like that it said something like a a, a totally it was like unjustified wit, comeback from Scotland. So I presumed it was a a, a fan that put them that put them online.
1: So the ones I looked at, sorry, but six minutes, it shows it all it really shows is all the goals. So it doesn't even show um the, the striker Pedersen uh, missing out a great chance, basically yeah. an open goal to to score his hat trick. Uh, so I didn't even get to see that. But it's weird because it still includes like thirty seconds to a minute after the first two Faroese goals are scored. And in that, and in one of those, I think it's after the first goal, you can see a ball's played into the feet of, I think it's Paul Dickov plays a ball in the feet of Kevin Kyle. Now, as a right winger, Kyle's expected to be gold in the wing, but Dickoff just charges inside. So Kyle ends up just yeah. passing the ball to nobody and then shouts at him. It's like, what the fuck are you doing here? You're supposed to go on the outside. I think that just showed you how stupid it was to, to go with the team. So the team itself, uh, just to read it out in full, was Rab Douglas, Morris Ross. Uh, Graham Alexander left, but uh, sorry, Graham Alexander came on for him. Uh, centre-halves were David Weir and Christian Daly with Stephen Craney at left-back, midfield four of Paul Dikhoff, Paul Lambert, Barry Ferguson, Alan Johnson on the left and up front was Kevin Kyl and Scott Dobie and Stevie Thompson came on for Scott Dobie the
3: um, uh, Stevie Crawford was it no Stevie Crawford that came on I've just totally made
2: that no, up no no Stevie Stevie Thompson came on for Dobby, but that was we well, that was when it was two each at that point I think Crawford
3: came on for Dickov at half time right, so my my, with- my my recollection was that Crawford came on at half time and did quite well wrong, I, I, I thought Stevie Crawford was a a, a smashing player that shows <laughs> you uh it, it shows you how limited our forward options were that Crawford comes on and he changes things up so uh, like like so much. Suddenly we had somebody who could hold the ball up. He could play others into play. He actually looked like he knew what he was doing while playing up front, uh, which, which probably shows you where we were lacking in that first half.
1: Also, as well, the two goals that got us back into it, I have to say, rubbish. both, both rubbish. of them were, both of were pretty, pretty fortunate. The first one, how on earth is that goal credited to Paul Lambert? Oh, it's an own it took it, it took at least three deflections. It's it's his shot's going a mile wide. It clips the heel of Davy Weir. It's still going a mile wide, and then it hits the defender and goes in. There, there's two other men who are deserved of that goal more than Paul Humber.
2: See, fellas, a really funny bit, I think, and it must be months to watch the same highlights. But that ball hits the back of the net. It's off John Jacobson. Got a foot. It Should have definitely been a own goal. There's a Scotland fan in the crowd celebrating, and he does the get up you gesture about five times. And you thinking it's a fucking Faroe Islands? <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're, it's, uh, you're, you're still losing. It was, down.
3: it was funny when I was watching the Scotland fans celebrate the the, the first goal. I don't I, I don't know if they showed you celebrating the second goal, but certainly the first goal. There was a real mix You could tell that There was Scotland fans Who were Yes Here we go But there was definitely Maybe Maybe 60-40 Where it was like I'm no celebrating that Because I'm still Really really embarrassed
1: I remember watching at home I didn't celebrate Either of Scotland's goals
3: But see the See the second goal I mean You know
2: you're saying It's a bit a bit embarrassing But I actually thought The second goal Was an, an well taken By Barry ferguson It's, it was a, nice,
1: it's a nice finish it's, it's the build up Where it's, I think it's Crawford The, the ball's aye. played into him And he tries How to control it, it and, Oh he carries it I think he tries to control it and misses it completely <laughs> and
0: it
3: ends up being a perfect dummy. And then they go, but then the goalkeeper just like the goalie just seems to run away. And the goalie just seems to keep running. Play like, really off often. he's like wait the left
2: and that, and you know what happened to that goalkeeper? And you're up for selling for Stenhousemuir later this season. Um, but uh, enough about that. But it's, you know something quite interesting. but is it sort of like all's well that ends well? Because we, we talk about this as like a, a thoroughly embarrassing uh, embarrassing result for Scotland. We're still finished second. Which, no, no, I mean, no. no this is going to be this. I, 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 this is going to be my other point. I, I second, we got into the playoffs against the Netherlands. We know we got ended up getting scudded by no, them. No, I, I really hate the fact that there is a bit of is it a, there a bit is bit revisionism. Of revisionism, maybe there's revisionism about time. Has time because, Bertie Volkes time as Scotland manager that bit kinder? No, no.
3: I know we got to a playoff, but look at the group that we were in. See if we see if Scotland hadn't finished second in that group. Uh, that I'd say there was an argument that that is the worst. Performance from us in a quali- qualification campaign ever. So, bear in mind, we were the number two seeds. So, we're in there, lumped in there with Germany, who are rubbish uh, as the number one seed. But the other teams of the group were Iceland. This isn't the Iceland that was quite good, that, that eventually became good in uh, and, and, and kind of a lot of years. This was the Iceland that was still absolutely rubbish. And then Lithuania and then the Faroe Islands. If we didn't finish second in that group, we had three piles of shit. Lumped in with us, <laughs> and that would have been the worst qualifying campaign ever. And yes, we got to the we, we got to playoffs. Yes, beaten Holland one uh, 0 at Hamden was a good laugh, and I was all excited. And then we lost six one in aggregate. So no, all's well that didn't end well with Bertie votes. He was an absolute flump. You know, after after the match matches post match
2: interview, he was asked like, uh, "So what happened?" Bertie votes replied, "I don't know why it went wrong. I can't give you any answers." <laughs>
1: Barry remember, Ferguson, uh, Barry remember Ferguson said after the game Time's running out We can't keep saying give Betty time That's six games <laughs> that we've yet to win your
3: remember, uh, remember we lost a friendly in Wales I think it was maybe 4-0 Robert Earnshaw scored the yeah. hat trick
2: yeah. And his
3: interview afterwards was What can I do? I didn't have Lee Wilkie <laughs> Lee, Lee Wilkie was shy." <laughs> If if, you are high, if your entire game plan is dependent on Lee Wilkie, my goodness, you need a different game plan. You know, I was on the BBC website for this
2: for when I was researching this and I read uh, Alan Hansen's verdict and always touched on there saying it's the worst performance you would ever seen from Scotland. But he said, one of the big reasons, he said, there's there's so worrying there are no young players coming through. One of the big reasons is that there are too many foreigners playing in the Scottish Premier League. So I think it's safe to say that Alan Hansen predicted Brexit. <laughs> It's a real beat of a butterfly's wing moment there. If Scotland had comfortably beaten the Faroe Islands, say they'd run out like 3-1 winners or so, Brexit might never have happened. We might not have been here. A sliding doors moment that I hadn't really considered. There you go. You know, sometimes you just you got to go back all that time and just say, like Alan Hansen said, it would happen, and he, he's absolutely right. He did say there was too many like uh, foreign players playing for Rangers and Celtic. I had a look at the the there was an old firm game from October 2002, and there was only three Scottish players in the the start the combined starting lineup. So maybe he was onto something. But one of the things you would say, Sean, I'm just going to ask. I know that 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 you really don't like Bertie Fox a lot of the the problems he had as Scotland manager
3: other subsequent managers have had as well well in in terms of not having enough enough good Scottish players I I don't think we were uh, I I don't think we were festooned uh, with with talent during the the, the very votes era but I I think he he very much made matters worse I think I'd be safe to say Scotland for Scottish managers (laughs) No, just just some just decent managers. Just, just, manager. just don't employ Dunderheeds. It's, it's quite simple. Won't they, won't they, could the be, they could be from Scotland, they could be from England, they could be from uh, any nation. Just just don't employ Dunderheeds.
2: So basically, I think that the three of us can get behind the campaign for John Hughes to be the next Scotland
3: <laughs> manager. See, see the bit where I said don't employ Dunderheeds? I think that rules him out immediately. Another thing as well. Sorry, just another couple of points
2: that I wrote down. That's my least favourite Scotland strip. Absolutely hated it. It's minging that those sort of like white pinstripes, and the advertisements around the ground. They're advertising Safeway and
3: Rockport, very <laughs> of its time. Because that point Rockport. I that as well. I, thought, I, thought I, it was wrote, I think it was like the Cairn, the Cairngorms Hotel. Was I was like, right. So so do they always do they always have uh, sponsorship at a tough tier or, or just oh, for yeah. today? Uh, I would be
2: for like uh, the the home the, the home support. I'm sure there's games that, that, that have been uh, played at Hamden where there have been support that's that's for um, like b- brands of crisps that you've never heard of before. But Fowler, I know that, that you and I would have been in school at the same time. Were rock ports a big thing at your school? Where everyone, well, certain, certainly the, the more affluent people would wear rock ports. Yes,
1: yes, rock ports were a big thing. Yeah. I don't I, think I, I've owned
2: no, rock ports. A no, cap, but... no, I wore. Uh, would uh, say Jimmy Chews for kids. I wore. <laughs> <laughs> right, I think that do it. Thank you very much, Telfer. Yeah, thank you. That was good. That was good fun. Thanks for having me.
1: Thank you very much, Sean. And uh, no, thank you. And to everybody listening, uh, please, please enjoy your football on Saturday. <laughs> please, next Tuesday, if I don't, if I'm not on a show, since then, please, please come have something, anything. Goodbye.
2: Goodbye. Well,